Let's move into the Word this morning in Acts chapter 20. If you would open your Bibles there, we'll begin our series. And by way of introduction, we'll begin our message today, which is part of a series entitled, The Rest of the Story. And I gave this series from the book of Acts this title purposely because I feel like I was led of the Spirit to preach about what a New Testament church really is and what it's supposed to be scripturally, not what it is culturally, but what it is scripturally. In every culture, this thing we call church can be manifested in the fullness of God and the Holy Spirit. I reject the idea we have to adapt Christianity to the culture. I see it the other way around. The culture must adapt to Christianity. God is unchanging. His Word will work in every generation, in every part of the world. That is the earmark of Christianity that it has spread throughout the world. It is a universal message. It is a universal God. And we don't change God to suit our culture. We change our culture to suit God. Therefore, in this message... I have said that because the church today does not resemble the church in the book of Acts, I need to do a study. We need to do a study. And we need to find out what it is that a New Testament church really looks like and what it should function like, what its nature is. Because as I read the book of Acts, I realize that what I read there doesn't look like what I see in a lot of the churches today. What gives? What happens? And yet, at the same time, I remember growing up in Pentecostal churches where you could practically open the book of Acts and read about what was going on in our church. How many of you remember that or have experienced that in in your churches that you grew up in? They were Pentecostal. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit was expected, not the exception. The power of God to save, heal, and deliver was expected, not the exception. And so we heard preaching that convicted men of sins and invited them to accept the Savior. We heard preaching of this wonderful Savior who not only saves but who heals our body, soul, and spirit. And this wonderful Savior who could deliver us from, yes, the oppression of the enemy because that church I grew up in believed that the devil was real. And so they believed in ministering deliverance to people who were oppressed of the enemy. And they preached that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he baptizes people in the Holy Spirit, enabling them, empowering them to live like New Testament disciples, to proclaim the gospel, to pray for the sick, to cast out devils and manifest the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, in all of his glory and power. In other words, church, I grew up in a church that believed that God showed up. When we came to worship, we came as people who needed God. And we counted it a standard that the Holy Spirit would show up there. And He did. I was saved in a Pentecostal church. I know of no other church. 
I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a Pentecostal church. I was called into the ministry in a Pentecostal church. I thank God that I did not have to unlearn a lot of religious teaching that some folks have to deal with. I didn't have that. I thank God that I've been healed over and over in a Pentecostal church where people believe the Word of God is the same today and that he does the same things. Now this morning in Acts chapter 20, as you're looking at that chapter, I'm going to ask a question. What motivates you to do what you do? Specifically in terms of our Christian living. It would be an understatement to say that the Apostle Paul was a highly motivated disciple of Christ. In today's message, we examine his own statements about why he sacrificed his life for what he believed. We are safe in saying if it were not for the ministry of the Apostle Paul, the church as we know it today would be sadly lacking because he wrote a large part of the New Testament that deals with the nature, the calling, and the purpose of the church. So what does it take to move you to action? How do we sustain a high level of motivation over a prolonged period of time? Why do some believers lose sight of their goals and give up? The answer lies in the source of our motivation. 